Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Pink Shade with Erin Martin, the podcast where we talk about reality TV and we get a little bit culty. I'm back with part two of our interview with Paul Staley from 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Days. He is so hard to hear, and I realize this. And I want to apologize for part one because it I, I had no warning before it. I knew he was hard to hear, and many of you... All of you discovered that as you were listening. So thanks to those of you who stuck with it. The connection we had, just FYI, was very, very spotty. So it is not necessarily Paul's fault. I know that many of you were thinking he wasn't holding his device up to his mouth. He was. It was just going in and out as if he wasn't speaking into the phone sometimes. That was really a Wi-Fi issue. I wanted to publish this whole interview in two parts, though, because I feel like he's given us so much information, and today's interview If you want to stick with this one too, I have really worked on making the sound as loud and clear as possible for the raw material I have. So this one should be better. I'm hoping that you can hear him, at least more parts of him than last time, and I'm hoping that you really get something out of it. I ask him about his uh, arson arrest. I ask him about the stalking charges. We get into the machete attack a little bit uh, more, I believe. I ask him what his job prospects are. We talk pregnancy, and keep in mind, I did this interview before this week's episode revealed that Karini was positive in her pregnancy test. So he kind of skirts around that issue, but it's interesting because we all pretty much knew Karini was pregnant, and what he tells us that is going to come for the rest of the season I believe has to do with this pregnancy, but there seems like there's a lot more going on too. I don't know if there's a health scare. I don't know if there's a problem with the pregnancy. I'm thinking all kinds of things in my head after listening to what Paul had to say, because he said it gets so dramatic and people think they know what the story is, i.e. the pregnancy, but we don't really know. So I am ready to see next week's 90 Day. I want to see what happens. It sounds like there is going to be another bombshell, and it is above and beyond the pregnancy. And um, he also talks about DNA tests. So give this a listen. Also, remember to follow him on Instagram and Twitter. He gives his handles at the end. Karini's social media will be activated again, he says, although she is still off of it for now. I want to also just make a mention that has nothing to do with 90 Day Fiance, that in the news just today, I'm recording this on Tuesday, releasing this Wednesday. So today is September 25th. This will be released on September 26th. Thomas Ravenel of Southern Charm has officially been arrested for assault and battery charges. Now, many people are scrambling right now to see what this pertains to. As you know, I interviewed Nanny Dawn exclusively on the Pink Shade podcast. You can go back to episode 37 and listen to her interview with me and get the full story from her mouth. I believe her. And I believe that these charges are connected. There are some articles right out there right now that are kind of alluding to that. People are investigating what are the charges, what's happening. Bravo has come out and officially said Thomas will not be back on the show. I think they were waiting for this police investigation to finish. And so that makes me think that it's connected as well. However, no details are out yet. By the time this is released tomorrow on September 26th, we might know way more. However, I would just like to personally thank Nanny Dawn for speaking up and Ashley Perkins for getting the ball rolling in telling her mother's story. 
Those two women have my utmost respect. You can also listen to Ashley Perkins' episode. It's before Nanny Dawn's, a few before that, in the 30s. I love that I have this platform to snark on all of the crazy TV and deep dive into culty stuff and do a bit of true crime and, you know, all the juicy stuff we want to talk about. But I'm also very honored that these two women came to me and allowed me to talk to them about a very serious and sensitive issue. And I am heartened by the fact that something is being done and that the ball of justice is at least rolling. Now, we don't know what will happen from here. But things are getting interesting. I want to remind you, too, to go to the Patreon page for Pink Shade, patreon.com slash pinkshade. If you want to get another interview with Nanny Dawn, she came on my podcast exclusively for Patreon subscribers, and she gave us an update on where the investigation was a couple of weeks ago. She also talked about in information she had in connection to the JD arrest, J.D. Madison, who was, uh, I'm sorry, not arrest, the J.D. allegations, excuse me, where he, it was alleged that he was drugging and raping at least one woman, if not possibly more. This news is still ongoing. It is not resulting in an arrest yet. However, the interview that Dawn gave us on the Patreon page, if you go there and subscribe, it'll unlock it for you for $5 a month, is enlightening. And Dawn also talks about the backlash she's gotten since she spoke up, how she survived that. She talks about the support she's gotten and why she is still standing strong. And I think from what we're seeing now, it's all been worth it, I hope. Remember on Patreon also, if you subscribe to get that bonus content, you'll get two to three, maximum four episodes every single month from me, exclusive inside information, extra interviews, deep dives, throwback recaps of Housewives episodes, and putting everything over there, personal stories too. And you can unsubscribe anytime you want. You don't have to sign up for a lifetime membership or anything. So if you want to give that Nanny Dawn part two interview a listen, head over there. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Erin Leah Martin, listen to The Jenny McCarthy Show. This Thursday, I'll be on Talking Housewives and head over to realitytea.com to read my 90 Day Fiance reviews. And in December, I will be back recapping Love After Lockup because season two is coming. Yay! All right, let's hear from Paul. Here we go. You seem to have a really good, you seem to have a really thick skin and a good sense of humor about it, but I think that's rare in reality TV personalities. And so, uh, you know, I, I can understand your mom's feelings. Yeah, there's for that. Well, the reason why my skin is so thick is there's a variety of reasons. One, um, I went through, I had a very, very strict father. Uh, two, I had a, I went through Catholic school and I had, you know, at some points even with nuns and things like that. So I had a very, very, strict uh, educational thing. I've been through uh, military basic training. Uh, I've been through military tech training. I've been through um, not only that, you know, very intense schooling, very strict schools, but also I've been through jail, I've been through prison. But I mean, uh, I'm going to say this, if, if you've been through military training, jail and prison ain't nothing. Uh, so that, the military training was very intense. And the other thing that's more intense than the military training that really prepared me besides my very strict father. And my father was never abusive. He was never really angry or hateful. So people might see it differently. He was just very, very strict. And he wanted to make sure I was the best I can. But I think the biggest thing was I was bullied throughout my life. Like heavily, heavily. To the point that I would actually eat my bath. I would eat my, my meal every day in the bathroom. I would go in the bathroom in a stall and I would try to eat in peace. And people would come in there and pick on me in the stall. Like kick my, you know, kick my feet, go my foot, try and grab my stuff. And I was always picked on. And it was so bad 
that the, the counselors at my school would watch me like a hawk because they were afraid that eventually one day I was going to stab me so stupid, which I never would do that. I'm not that person. But people thought, you know, because this guy is heavily picked on and bullied, you know, little nerdy white guy, you know, on the edge of his seat. And it's like I just kind of yeah. I dealt with it. You know, um, there's definitely times I thought about ending it all. And I will say that, you know, it was very stressful back then. I was a little kid. You know, I didn't know everything going on. So I did have time, you know, growing up. Oh, that's really hard. Yeah. All my life, I've encountered this. I've dealt with this, you know, so I've grown used to it. So we're like, oh, my God. You know, it's kind of, at first, you know, I was kind of like I didn't want to deal with it. I wasn't expecting it. And then like the skin, you know, came back. It's like, okay, I've been dealing with this my entire life. You know, I just, the best thing is, thing is be positive, join the humor, um, go along with the stuff, you know, because otherwise you get the bullies what they want. The bullies, they want to tear you down and upset you and get you all upset. And they want that response from you. And that's a big thing, I think, with a lot of people who watch the show is they like to target people and pick on things. And else. like, you know, have a good sense of humor. Go with it, you know, have some fun with it. Don't take it personal. You know, right. and some fans and some, some actually considers it personal. And that's the problem with a lot of new cats is they get on there and they take things um, too personal. Yeah. And it's it's the thing when you get on TV and things go through, you just, you can't, that's the biggest thing I always tell people, you can't take things personal. You right. cannot take things personal. You just got to, um, you know, what's on TV is on TV and everyone's going to see it differently. And it, you look at the best way I can explain it to anybody is it's kind of like politics. And like, what politics? I don't understand. It's like, no, think about the elections. You've got conspiracy theories. You've got people targeting you. You've got these strict people on each side, you know, going at people for things. And you look on 90 counts, you've got conspiracy theories, you've got this, you've got that. And people on an extreme on one angle, extreme on another angle, and all these these things. You've got extreme people on you know, one side of the story, extreme people on the other side of the story. And it's very similar. I mean, Dave's the same thing. It's, it's, it's a lot like politics. Like, yeah, it's definitely a lot like politics. I completely agree with you on that. Yeah, it is. It is. People deep dive. You're right. Conspiracy theories. The Reddit threads are insane. Everybody wants to to dig into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't really got fully into Reddit yet. Now. Me neither. But it's kind of crazy in there. Somebody has given me an account to get on Reddit and I've never been on it, but I've told them, okay, I'll, I'll get on. I'll try it. And it was actually somebody that's actually big into Reddit and they created the account and I'm honored that they did this for me. And eventually, I'm going to go on there and do all that stuff. I'm going to wait till a little bit longer, so things get kind of you know unraveled. Then I'll get on there. Nothing really talk more about certain things. Um, but I, I, there was even a time that's the things why I didn't know about it. But people were accusing me. Oh my God, you're on Reddit. You're you're on Reddit. I'm like, no, I'm not on Reddit. What are you, what are you talking about? I didn't even know what Reddit was. I had no <laughs> idea we heard Reddit. I'm like, oh yeah, you're on there. Is like uh, Rosie something this and there. And I have to think about. It. I was like. Now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Uh, that because the person who I think it is, one that was like their actual nickname. It was like part of their actual nickname, and two, uh, they knew me really well. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to out who they are, but I'm pretty sure I'm positive I know who they are. Um, I don't know for sure, but I'm fairly positive who they are. But apparently, they went on there and they did some defense. I haven't looked at all the things and all the threads, but people sent me some things. But they were defensive towards me, and they were trying to, you know, piss off people thought it was me, but it was somebody that knew me quite well. Okay, so they were kind of they were kind of posing as you or an inside source or something like that. Yeah. Okay. You know, I've had my share of people, and just like my exes and things like that, uh, going online. You know, my ex had originally reached out to Karini before the wedding, and uh, talked to her and set her peace. And I have tried twice with her, and trying to be peaceful and nice. And um, 
And she talked to Cranny, Easter Peace, Cranny blocked her, we blocked her. She tried again. She's like, hey, you know, uh, I really like to Cranny come to our, we have a Latin bar. It's all Latin Americans. She'd like it. And, you know, you know, come out and dance and have some fun with us. That'd be okay. I'm like, well, I mean, you know the Latin people there. You have you know, a, lot of, a lot of Latin American friends and people that she could hang with, community with. It would be a good thing for Trini to come to America and have her own circle of friends, like pre-set up, you know, with some Latin American culture. This actually might be good for Karini. Uh, so then she went crazy again. So I didn't deal with it. And then, of course, when me and her were dealing with that drama, she's going crazy on social media. Her uh, her sister's baby's father was talking to me. She's like, you do know what else she just dealing with right now. I was like, no, she just flashed, you know, her current her other guy's tires. I'm like, what? Okay. No, is this the, is this the girl with the restraining order and the history and all of the dramatic stuff? Yeah. I actually followed the original restraining order and then she filed one. I was stupid and I actually took my restraining down order down to a known lawful contact, uh, where she was legally out of hit me. And every time they were going to actually file criminal charges on her, I'd ask them and beg them not to, because I felt bad. And the biggest thing was she never had a criminal record. I don't think she needed one. But she, of course, you know, out of my kindness, you know, took advantage of what happened. And she actually got arrested. Uh, what happened was uh, we were staying together again. She was dating another guy. She didn't know where to go. So we were living together again. And uh, at the time we were there, I had actually got some money. I had about a little more than $3,000. And she wanted to go with her boyfriend down in Miami. And I, I wasn't giving her the money because I need the money to do things I need to take care of. So at the time, I'd actually, my, my car had got, you know, taken out. I had a, a nice rental car and I had a little bit of money, but I need, I was needing to get things squared away. I needed to get my car fixed. I had certain things I'd take care of. So she really wanted to go to Miami with her boyfriend and that's not going to happen. So we had a huge falling out on that. Now, at the time we were living together, we actually had, I had warrants out for my arrest from her. She had actually taken warrants out for my arrest and that's where the warrants were for. So she called the cops on me. So the cops show up. And I guess she thought I was going to lie to the cops and tell them, you know, uh, I was somebody else fake. She runs off to the room to get a release agreement that has a photocopy of both of our IDs on it. And I was totally honest with the cops. I was like, look, uh, here's going on. I have these warrants, blah, blah, blah. I didn't, I didn't say I had a no contact restraining order on her or she had one on me. I just said, here's what it is. It is. So I already knew where we were at. It would be bad for her and everything else. And I was trying to be somewhat decent, but I was frustrated at the same time. Um, so the cops, she runs out acting like a fool and the cops look at it and the cops, you know, they already knew because I told me I have warrants. They call and they verify, they checked it. And, uh, but she was just acting a fool. And so they ran, uh, everything. They, they realized what was going on. She wanted me to get locked up. She could get the money and she'd get the car and she'd go to Miami with her boyfriend and I would be out of the picture. So that was her plan. And, uh, the cops knew that right off the bat, they knew what was going on. And they even told her, it's like, you have these warrants for his arrest are from you. You swore out these warrants that he's dangerous, you know, be with him, and you actually should not be around him. And they argued about this woman. <laughs> and she lost the argument. Because we were at, you know, living place we were originally at, this plan would have worked. But where we were at, the cops don't play that game where we were at. And they locked her up. So she got locked up too. Now I had warrants, so I had to go get my warrants taken care of, which they got resolved and taken care of and got squared away. And obviously now my probation is terminated and everything's gone. And everything's got that figured out. And we've got a lot of friends in law enforcement from all these law enforcement contracts. Because right, I never right. once went off a full conflicted and talked to them and they felt bad for me. I mean, they're just doing their job. Was the issue, though, that you, when you went to prison or you went to jail, this that was over the arson charge, not the restraining order? It, no, it goes, the restraining order is part of it. Okay, I'm sorry. 
everybody gets the timeline wrong on the arson. Now, the, the warrant went out. <clears throat> excuse me. When the warrant went out, as I had the warrant uh, for the arson charge, actually, because I had an EPO filed, it violated my probation. Now, I had been on probation for uh, four years. And I was in like the last month of my probation. My probation was five years. So I was on the last month of that five years, and I got violated and got sent to prison, which to me, I never thought they would actually do over, you know, the tech method. Okay. Okay. So, so how did the arson play into this? I mean, did you burn something down? I mean, what can you say about that? There are so many questions out there and I don't really know the clear story. Well, the arson thing happened. There's a lot of stuff going on that week. And back in my past, I had a very, very, very dark past. And it's, it's very, 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 you know, messed up things that happened. And back in 2006, because the fire actually, I think, happened in like 2007, I think, Right in the beginning, at the end of 2006, 2007, I think the fire was. Then a year later, they had uh, uh, they put out $10,000 full cash reward. And then I had two different ex-girlfriends come up with two different stories um, saying that they had heard that I had done it. So they locked me up. That's why I sat in jail for 18 months until I took a deal before Thanksgiving and got out. Because they were literally holding me trying to figure things out. And it's like, okay, I can sit here with other guys three, four, five, six years. There's people on, you know, in that jail. One was in jail for 10 years fighting his case. So you sit there. He was like, oh, yeah, you go there, you fight, you get a trial. I was like, yeah, you really want to sit in jail for three, four, five years? You know, and, or when you get offered a deal to get out on probation, you know, after being there for a year and a half, right to the week of Thanksgiving, you might take it. It's very tempting for sitting in jail that long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to the story of what happened back when this whole fire thing happened. So I was the best time of my life. Um, I had a house. I had a very nice house. I had two cars paid off. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time. We were thinking about getting engaged, getting married, and we had a baby on the way. Things were going really great. I was really happy. Um, I found out later that she, you know, was trying to get an abortion, trying to self abort anything else, which she ended up actually getting an abortion, which really got me upset. And the reason why she did an abortion was because she didn't know who the father was. So she didn't want to deal with that. And the father may have been somebody that was a married person and uh, they actually wanted the baby for themselves. And it was a whole really complicated, messed up manner. And she didn't want to deal. She was young. She didn't want to deal with the problem. Mm. So that was her way of dealing with it. It was just get rid of it. That really, I got really upset. And I asked for her and her family to leave. So, you know, the neighbors even saw a truck pull up and everything else. They had went through my house. They had busted out all like the, there was like the walls were busted. Every single mirror, all the porcelain, the toilets, the sinks, all the windows, everything was busted out. The entire house was like just destroyed, unlivable, destroyed. Uh, all my valuables in the house, gone. TVs, DVDs, tools, electronics, anything of value, gone. Now, during the arson investigation, they did find all the stolen property, but they never seized it. They just left it where it was. They just noted where they found it, but they never picked it up, which really frustrated me a lot. But um, the investigation went on for over a year on this whole thing until they put out the reward. And then two people went to try to get the reward and say, well, we know Paul did it. Uh, he told us he did it, which I've never once told anybody I did it. But they had someone saying that I said I did it. So they used that and they locked me up. So it was very frustrating. Okay. So you're saying you, you, didn't, you didn't destroy your house, but you got charged with it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. The whole thing was just a huge destructive matter. And I'm telling anybody, if you get sitting in a jail cell – and you're sitting there for you know, 18 months, a year and a half in jail. And you find out the day, the week of your court date, hey, we have to roll your court date over. We don't have everything in line. They weren't ready to go to trial. 
it's going to take us probably another year, year and a half before we get everything done. This isn't backed up. Or you can take this option and you can go home for Thanksgiving. Okay. So you can plead guilty to it and go home, right? Well, it was, it, the charge I had was 20 years in prison. Mm. I was, I mean, if I would trial on it, it's 20 years in prison. And that's what everything, even police, you know, everything else after that, whenever the police came and they started preserving that thing and the warrant were like, wait, how were you on probation for an arson second degree? And arson second degree, and that is a 20, you know, it's a 20 year charge. The difference between arson one and arson two is arson two, the house is 100% vacant and it was, you know, not targeted of anybody else. Uh, so the house was vacant and the whole thing went burned down. Thank, thank God. Uh, that's one thing I will say thank God on. But if it had been like uh, Arston 1, that's a that's, that's life. If anybody had been in the house at the time that the fire occurred, that's Arston 1. Straight away, you're not getting out. You're, you're not getting out of there. And the thing is, I mean, there's so many accusations from me and these people uh, and everything else. And just even since this past step, I've had cops investigate me. I had cops come and seize my property, go through everything. They went through all my social media with a fine tooth comb. They went through everything of mine. And because people accused me of some other heinous stuff and they investigated me and like, there's, I'm not going to find anything. These, these things, these things are false, but people see me and they go on a witch hunt. Okay. And it's been, so it's just, it's frustrating, but you know, it's, it is what it is. I made a lot of friends in law enforcement. I'm sure, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. Yeah. They've been, they've been investigating me so many times and I've been so thoroughly investigated and uh, people look at me because they think I'm this wild, crazy guy that's going to, I guess, axe murder somebody. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, don't know. I, I all kind of weird, but. Oh, my God. I know. Well, you know what? I, at least you take it in good humor. And I feel like you yeah. guys are turning a corner. Like you said, there's a lot of dramatic stuff coming up. But I've heard you on other interviews recently saying you are trying to learn the language. You've gotten Rosetta Stone. You've gotten a tutor. Karini's trying to learn English. So do you feel like that language barrier is finally like breaking down a bit? Because that has been a huge issue for you guys. Yeah, Rosetta Stone has been a huge thing with us. Good. And whenever, you know, they give us a, uh, we have 100% access to the products. And Karini loves it. She Good. absolutely loves it. She likes her tutors and stuff. But she'll go out and she will for like eight hours a day sometimes. On, on some days, she would sit out there for like eight hours on Rosetta Stone. Just, I mean, just totally into it, just enthralled um, by the program. And it was very, very effective. She would go through an entire unit in a day. It was insane. Um, and I've went through a lot of Portuguese now with Karini, when she gets really, really mad, usually when people of, uh, of another native language get mad, they speak in their native tongue. They start yelling in their native tongue. Sure. That's not what Karini does. Now, what Karini does now, which is actually cute and funny, when she gets really, really mad now, when she gets mad, she will actually start talking in English and she'll <laughs> speak. And, and it's actually really good, like really good for English. And it's funny because, as you can see, there's one ep- a video I was recording. I was trying to record showing people uh, the Portuguese dub version here of uh, my fiance. And then she's watching singing, and she's like, what the F? Like, really loud and perfect English. And uh, she's learning the phrases uh, like that. You know, she's got that down 100% pat. And uh, that's one thing, too. Like, when she watches my fiance, Karini is vocal, and I can't post it. They've asked me not to because I will. I've told everybody if she ever gets on a tell all, if a tell all couch, if she ever got on a tell all couch, Karini will be one of the most vocal people on the couch. 
and she was very vocal. She has an opinion on every single person. <clears throat> Some people she likes. Good for her. I mean, I'm glad she's learning it. Are you learning Portuguese too? I mean, are you learning besides Fala? We know you know Fala. Fala, 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 Fala. <laughs> I've learned. I've learned a lot of different words. Uh, I've learned. I've seen different things here, and I can speak. I can understand things, um, but I'm not as fluent as she is. She's, you know, gone to school. She's had got some tutoring with her, but you know, the Rosetta Stone. God bless Rosetta Stone. They, they've been a massive help. Good. But, uh, but no, Karini, Karini has. Uh, she's definitely able to speak uh, a lot more uh, than me uh, fluently with English. Like I said, she'll get into it. Like her brother has actually went to college and took English as a college class. And he speaks very little, but uh, Kareem speaks more than him. And uh, the thing is, too, is if you watch the show, you'll notice that I'm like pretty much the only English speaker that has subtitles. I speak very, very quickly, yeah. and I have to try to slow myself down. And it's very hard for a native speaker to understand me. Now, even when people here speak English, they, of course, because like native speakers have difficulty. But Karini has very little difficulty sometimes. Even when I'm speaking very quickly, sometimes she can still understand what I'm saying. And at first, like season one, it was nice because I could talk about things, you know, that was going on. Or I say I want to do a surprise for Karini. I could talk about that with the crew, and she had no idea what was going on. It's oblivious. So I mean, I could just talk about, hey, I want to do this thing for her, and da da da. And they had, she had no idea what was going on. The flower thing. When I'm telling the crew about how much the flower thing for her and everything else that's going on, and Karini was oblivious. I can't talk on the phone now to people. If I'm something else, she'll walk in this. Sometimes she'll misunderstand what I'm saying and she'll get mad. Like, I understand. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. You always misunderstand something. Now she understands better. So she, when I'm talking on the phone, she can understand things and she'll like react, you know, uh, yeah. or like with mom, she'll be talking to mom. Cause I mean, mom at first, he's like, I don't know, dealing with her and everything else, you know, it's like, you know, she'll hear things. She's able to hear, understand and respond to a degree. Now when she's on the spot, uh, she, it's like she forgets everything. And she goes back to just Portuguese and she just, she forgets it. But when she gets, you know, she's comfortable, she speaks it really good. When she gets angry and she gets mad, she, she will speak some really good English and she will say some, some literally very native, very fluent things. Uh, so that she, you she's expect. learning how to curse. She's learning how to curse in English is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Probably living with me for so long may have, may or may not have been a good thing, but uh, <laughs> she's picked up a lot of things. Yeah. And you know what? I, I have to tell you guys, I mean, if you're planning on having this family and you're going to have a baby, you know, at some point, and we don't know for sure, but it sounds like that's, you know, in your plans, you, you have got to be able to speak to each other because you're not going to have time to type this stuff into Siri. You're not going to have time to have it translated. You know, I can say this as a parent, especially when you're a parent of a newborn, man, you got to be able to talk to each other on some basic level. That was the big thing too. And we, I think we've gotten around a lot of that um, but also, like I told her, because one of the reason why I got the dogs uh, was she really, really wanted small dog. And I originally went out and I got a, um, I got puppies, little baby German Shepherd puppies. Like I'm talking about, we got these German Shepherd puppies. They were like bit in your hand tiny. These were tiny, tiny. Oh. I, I, they were actually probably where they shouldn't have really been away from the mother, but they were, they were eating dry food. I think they just had started eating dry food because they had to actually give them back to the breeder at some points where they could have breast milk. Because, you know, they were still so small. Yeah. And uh, they're very great dogs. They're very protective. Uh, they actually ran off the immigration officers in our house one time. So it was, uh, luckily no one got shot and no one got bit, but it was crazy. Uh, it was Jeez. Crazy 
Yeah, but they uh, they're very good. But the thing is with them is uh, I wanted to see I want her to get um, an example to get her mindset. And I, I used the improper word one time of experiment, and I shouldn't have used that. But the thing was get her in the mindset. Was one when you have puppies, one you're dealing with poop and pee. I quickly learned Karine does not deal with poop and pee. She does not deal with poop and pee. She's already said that I gotta really gotta make sure you know whenever we have a baby that I'm gonna be doing a lot of poop and pee duty. So I'm like, okay, but you know. You're the mom. You got to do some stuff too. I'll help. I'll definitely do my share. But you got to deal poop and pee too. That's something you have to get over your poop and pee thing. You've got to be able to handle poop and pee. It's, you know, the baby, you can't be out one day and the baby uses a diaper and you have to wait until you get home and I change it. That's not going to work. Right. Uh, you have to be able to take care of that. But also with dogs, um, and our dogs are extremely intelligent. Like open the door intelligent. Like we took the door handle off the door. <laughs> they found the door handle in the construction area, put the door handle on the door and open that door back up. They're ridiculously intelligent. I have to wire, whenever I get there in their kennel, I have to wire it and tie it shut uh, because they know how to open their kennel from the inside. So I have to literally tie it shut so they cannot open it. They're ridiculously intelligent dogs. But uh, they're, they're also, they know how to get, they, when they were young, they knew how to get into trouble. And they've learned now what they can and cannot get into, thank God. But uh, at first, you know, like it's like, you have to look at anywhere. You put these dogs... What can they get into? What can they destroy? What can hurt them? You know, is there something they can get into that can hurt them or that they can destroy that's valuable? You've got to do that. I think after she lost some items, um, she started getting frustrated and mad. I was like, you know, and I had to definitely go around things and like, look, you know, you have to pay attention. Same thing with a child. You know, what's the child proof? What can this child get into? What can this child, you know, oh, yeah. damage this child get hurt? You, you can't, you have to take this into account. And that was part of the uh, setting of the mentality and which raised actually made me really concerned. Uh, a lot of it actually brought more concerns to me. Um, you know, I get that she, she wants to be a mother. You know, her sister has a child and she's very eager uh, to be a mom. I understand that. Um, you know, my sister has a baby and everything else at her age and I'm, I'm getting older and she's still young, but something she really, really, really wants. Um, but it's, a, uh, it's something that I think um, if, and I'll say, if, and when we have a child, uh, it's gonna be very stressful because not only that, you know, we were dealing with a lot of things too. It's like, what if, what if my, uh, permanent visa wasn't, was, was, or was not approved in Brazil or yours was not approved in America. And we had to literally do like custody between, you know, between countries. Right. Uh, we had a huge fight on the DNA test. Now the DNA test with everyone doesn't understand that. And they get very confused and she doesn't want anything else, but it's, it's, it's not me forcing it on her. And she said, okay, what I want to do on this, we can, you know, we had the baby in America. We'll have to do that. And I was like, no, if you had the baby in America, there's no reason for the test. You don't have to do that. But, you know, it might be something nice to do just to shut people up. You know, if you want to do it just so people, you can find out different things about, you know, what's in the baby's DNA, things like that. You know, I've done my DNA test, mm -hmm. my history and everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, basically what the DNA test would do is one thing they do to help prevent fraud, because I could go out and just saying any pregnant person is, it's my baby. It's my baby. You know, it's the United States protecting themselves. Okay. What they're doing is they say, okay, if the mother is American, they don't need it because obviously they know the mother's American, it's their baby. But if the father is the American and he's claiming that it's, he's the father of the baby, then you just do a DNA test bearing, you know, paternity, bearing that, you know, the baby is your baby. Then the baby doesn't get a visa. The baby gets a passport. The baby will get a passport from Brazil. It will have a Brazilian passport. And an American passport. Mm -hmm. So same thing. Well, the same thing. We're in. Uh, you know, if the baby was born in uh, America, for example, we'd have to go to the Brazilian embassy and get a Brazilian passport. Sure. I don't think they require DNA test. I'm pretty sure they don't because she'll be the mother. 
I don't think they would do anything like that there. I think that would be utterly crazy if they did. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, I explained it to her, and she got really mad and upset. It was a huge thing with us. She's like, I do not want a DNA test. I'm like, oh, I mean, it's just it's telling you. I'm not, you know, so you, you think, you know, it wasn't yours, and you're trying to keep me out of cheating on you. I'm not accusing you of, you know, of anything like that, you know. I'm frustrated with different things. But, you know, it's something, if, if we have a baby, and if the baby was born in Brazil, you know, that's one thing she started realizing, you know, well, you know, Maybe, you know, not only that, but there's, Karini's had some, some problems medically. And it's not only the DNA test that bothers her, I think, about having, if and when she has a baby, uh, if, if and when we have a baby. I don't think it's really about just um, avoiding the DNA test. I think it's not just about trying, to, you know, dealing with that because it's stress and strain of that situation. And I think it's also about medical things because she's had some medical things here that um, definitely opened her eyes on things. And she said, you know, if, if when we have a baby, I think it would be better for the baby's interest to be born in America, you know, because of our hospitals, our medical things, everything we have, she felt it might actually be a, a better thing. Because they'd even talked about having the baby in a bathtub down in the village. And I'm like, Karina, <laughs> don't want to do that. Do not want to do that, sweetheart. Oh oh, that's really a no. bad idea. Natural no. birth um, is a really bad idea. Um, and you know, I told her, I was like, you want to have the baby, you know, if you want to, if you want to have a baby, you know, in Brazil with your family, I'll work things out. I'll figure things out. You know, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. But you know, if we have it in America, you know, if, and when, you know, we have a child, you know, you don't have, you know, native speakers, you can find a translator, the doctor's not going to speak, you know, it's going to be a lot of complications. I see that. But, um, the medical thing, and not only that is, uh, Zika and the mosquito stuff and all the diseases uh, in Brazil is a lot of concerns for me. And it's gotten to be now where Karini is the paranoid one of mosquitoes. Like, if uh, if we're sleeping at 2, 3 in the morning and there is a mosquito in, in, in the room, I am woke up. I have to get up. She wakes me up. I have mosquitoes, mosquitoes, mosquitoes. And I have – I turn every light bulb in the bedroom. I have mosquito. It's like a – have you ever seen the light? It's like a hybrid between a light bulb and a mosquito lamp. Yeah. I have, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. turn yes. – I'll turn those on just the blue light. Um, I got another one. It's like a little suction device that sucks them in. Actually, works really, really good. Uh, I'll turn the AC down and I'll do these little repellent things. I'll plug in the wall socket and I'll do everything I can. And then she'll, you know, she'll relax, she'll sleep. But she sees a single mosquito. You know, I'm getting woke up. There's mosquitoes, mosquitoes. Oh my god. You know, just get a mosquito net out. You know, I just get a mosquito net out, the mosquito net out. But at the same time, it gets frustrating with mosquito net because you can't see the TV. You know, you're always getting out of the net. You know. It's frustrating, but if I do all the other stuff, the mosquitoes go away, and we don't have to pull out the whole net, which is great, you know, because the, the net definitely gets frustrating and old uh, very quickly. So I try to do things without using the mosquito net as much as possible. But if and when we have a child, you know, we uh, there's a lot of advantages, uh, you know, for you know our medical and facilities and everything else um, in America. And also your so work, everyone, your your work, you know, plans and things like that. I want to ask you about that last. Like, what are you like? If you're going to support a family eventually, if you want to put down roots. So, if you guys do get to the U.S., if you do have a baby, what is your what is your career plan? Well, I, there's two um, different paths we looked into, and one, if if things went well, uh, there is options in Brazil. If I was thrust to work, that are David, David from 90 Days calling me. I'm trying to. Get out of here. David is? Oh, my God. Sorry, David. I had to decline your call. I'm doing an interview. Um, 
my god, David. Is, wait, are you working yeah. with him? Is this like all about you guys working together? Because that's I, I, everyone has questions about that too. You guys have been in touch a lot. Chris has offered me um, both a place to live and a job, and that was an option. Um, I've had options we looked at in Brazil. We've had options in America. So I was offered, he did offer something there. Uh, I was offer, also offered, and uh, I'm actually very looking forward to uh, a canine thing that I'll be doing with the dogs, and my dogs will be going into training uh, very so. Uh, but no, I mean, I was offered a lot of different work opportunities. Uh, and I am already doing stuff for my father. So my father is, you know, um, I think he's kind of frustrated with me right now. And I think I might or might not want to be me, me working as much. Hopefully, we can get over it. We can work father and son. But in the meantime, um, I'll be doing some stuff with the canine uh, officer, dealing with you know him, my dogs, which he is basically a certified drill instructor. So I think that uh, is going to be really intense because I haven't dealt with a drill instructor in a very long time. So that's going to be a, a very intense thing to deal with. The man has been doing stuff for 30 years. He is a, a very well um, – he's a decorated combat veteran. Um, also a, an individual – um, that while he was serving our country, he actually got cancer and he, he actually fought and survived that cancer. And, um, so he's a, a very, very, very good man. Very wise. He's very intelligent. He's very strict. Um, but he's been doing law enforcement for over 30 years and he's also the terrorism expert for uh, the local newspaper. So I'm just saying wow. with the show, if him, you got a person who's doing law enforcement for 30 years, he served our country. He's done law enforcement and helped with training, you know, overseas, you know, with, with this stuff over there, with special things going on, um, all the way to stuff here in the United States, dealing with stuff. His dog busted Jared of Subway. I mean, he's the man. Is, oh, is my a, is God. What? The pedophile? Yes. He actually, his dog was trained to find electronic devices. It found the hidden electronic device that had a city board. That oh, was his dog. Oh, my God. He trained the dog to found that device. Yeah. Wow. So okay. the man's dog is infamous. Um, phenomenal. You're famous. But the, <laughs> the man is just amazing. You know, he's really, so, really so a great got, guy. You've got a ton of options. You've got connections. You, you, are you, you're feeling pretty positive about your career direction? Cause you, it seems like you have choices. Yeah. And I have one person that was, he runs an IT company. I think he was kind of like, Oh, so you're not doing the IT stuff. And I was like, no, dude, I can still help you sure. with your IT company. I still do stuff with the IT stuff. IT, IT work and sales, is something I've always you know, been involved with at different angles throughout my life too. So I don't mind helping you. The canine thing is something I think is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think the dogs going in training, everything else, is a unique thing because I want to train the dogs uh, to be kind of unique. Not just like, oh, you want drug, narcotics, dogs, da da da. There's a couple of reasons why I want to do what I want to do with the dogs. One, there's a lot of people that have trouble with their kids that are overdosing on, on, you know, on heroin and things like that. This will allow us to go into the homes and find the drugs without the police so that you know, the parents can take care of things without the kid getting a criminal record and try to like, you know, deal situation. But also um, we can train the dogs on things like cell phones. Most police dogs are not trained to find cell phones. And the reason why it would be a very unique thing for me and be a good niche would it would be, it would allow me to go in jails and prisons that I was previously at, which me and Karini have been invited to do a, a VIP tour at one of the local facilities. So I think Karini is going to really be in for an eyeful on that uh yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> going in the facility finding something like that you know i'm trying to think outside the box now ups for example i live really close to the main ups hub they have a huge loss prevention problem i mean i would be able to offer them a service and when they do the big samsung and apple phone releases i can take a dog that smells out cell phone so if someone's trying to sneak out cell phones my dog can alert 
Like they got a phone, you know, my dog's alerting on that person. So that would be something, uh, you know, a huge asset to UPS, for example, to find out, okay, who's, you know, trying to take them out. Because these people, they're really good. You know, their clients are expecting them to, you know, ship all these products and you got, they have some loss prevention issues. I'm trying to think outside the box, different things I can do that will allow me to provide me and my family that I'll know I'll be able to do. Um, and then also like with total training is like, I really would love for her to learn how to cook. Um, I'd love for her to learn, you know, her mom's thing to cook. Cause I've went out several times and I've spent money with her mom. So her mom, get whatever you want. I want you and Karina to learn, how, you know, Karina try to learn how to cook. And I've and told Karina, she says, why don't you go with your mom, learn, experience. And she's not always that interested. Um, I wish she'd be more interested, you know, with, I try to push, push, push mother daughter times as she can. Um, but uh, no, because there's certain foods in the Amazon that we don't have in Louisville, Kentucky, and I, I don't see in our area at all. Yeah. And these foods would sell; they would sell, and they, we'd, we'd be the only one restaurant that would be selling them, and they would sell. And that's something else I told her: just something you could do. You know, okay. something you you do a restaurant, you always want to do something like that. First, you got to learn to cook. You can't do a restaurant if you don't know how to cook, and then you could actually sell and do some of these products. So that's another thing. You know, we've had a lot of ideas. There's some ideas down here in Brazil we've had that I've been reached out to and been offered in regards to different stuff, not only with like teaching English, but in regards to tourism. There's an option here that I think is, I'm not going to get too much into it because someone might try to steal the idea, but the idea that someone, uh, the boat captains told me the idea. And their original concept was they wanted to reach out to the average American tourist and market to them. And I was like, no, I have a better idea. And there's an entirely different market of people they could, you know, market what they want to market to. And once I explained it to them, they're right. They're like, you're absolutely right. It's it's still the American, it's still the American uh, people, but a different, um, how do word that demographic, demographic, but uh, a different category that you would go into. You just not the not the average tourist. You're not going after the average tourist, but this. You go. You're going after like the tourist who wants to maybe relive the machete mugging or wear a cooling vest. <laughs> Something like that. Nothing like <laughs> that. The average American tourist would not want to go on this. And that they're trying to target them and they wouldn't want to do this type of thing. Going on the, the river boat, that's one reason, like on the boat, the water was brown. And people were like, why didn't you shower on the boat? And the reason why I did not shower on the boat is when I went in there and I turned on the steam wash my hands, I realized the, brown, the water was brown. And I turned on the shower head, the water is brown. I'm like, what's going on with this? You know, I'm kind of confused. So um, I asked. Young people there on the boat. It's like, where's the water come from? Is it not filtered? Like, no, none of the water's filtered. It comes straight out the river and then goes straight out of your sink in the, in the shower head. Oh my god! And then on a separate subject, when I flush the toilet, where's it go? Oh, it goes right underneath the boat. I'm like, <laughs> I left it at that. I, I just left it at that. I was like, I'm not using this water. No. And they're like, why? You discriminate. I'm like, okay, when we flush the commode, it goes under the boat. The water comes from under the boat for sinks. You know, this is <laughs> it's poop water. It's the poop water you were you were scared of. Yeah, it's poop water. That whole thing on the poop water thing is something else that no one understood. And a lot of people here, you know, might get offended and things like that when they show it. And the reason why I go poop, poop, poop water and I react that way, when she flashed around my face, there was, we were right next to an outhouse. And that outhouse, one of the people went in there and used the outhouse and they flushed. And that poop water, they're, they're literally their water flushed in about, I'd say within 10 to 30 feet of where we were swimming oh, at. God. And it oh, dumped it God. right in front of no. I'm sitting there in the water, kind of calm. And, uh, you know, so that's when she splashed my face and I reacted. Now, another thing that happened on that scene, and I'm really surprised they cut this from that scene, and it was really funny. At one point, I actually 
where they were talking and distracted, I just kind of let the string take me. And I, I had on that that uh, life jacket and everything. Yeah. And I really thought I was going to be funny. And then I realized I really screwed up. And I was like, oh, God. And I actually felt like I was going to die at one point. So I started, I let the river kind of take me and I floated out. And I was floated a good distance away from the dock until someone realized, like, the security guys, like, yelling and pointing, <laughs> pointing at me. And I'm, like, floating out there. And that's what I realized I'm like, I'm in water full of like, they got bull sharks, eels, piranha, and we didn't even saw us. Like, hey, you know, anacondas, everything. And I'm floating out here. I'm like, my heart's kind of like, I'm not going to panic time. I'm like, dear God, uh, what have I done? And then it was so sweet. Karini swims down all the way out, grabs me by the life jacket, and then pulls me back. I'm like, kind of floating there. <laughs> well, you had on like the, it looked like you were wearing garbage bags because it was all floating around you, like the pants and the shirt. And then Karini just has this little bikini on. Like, she's completely yeah. fine. So you guys looked, that is a really funny scene, even though we didn't see that part. Yeah, the dolphin scene, she would not uh, get in the water at all. It was funny. It was a total 180. You know, I was the one getting in the water and she wouldn't get in the water. That's interesting. But no, that scene was, they filmed that scene, so I never brought it up. And I thought, surely that's going to make the cut because it's funny. I mean, Karini yeah. is, you know, you know, to grab this little, you know, this little guy bobbing, little nerdy guy bobbing in the middle of the water and then pulling back. That scene uh, wasn't shown, but she was like, so she went from being like, you know, uh, Tarzan's wife, you know, to, to like being totally freaked out about the water. It was just nuts. And, I mean, part of the reason why they may have cut the dolphin scene was I was, I literally stripped down to my tidy whities I get into my tidy whities I get in the water. You know, uh, the dolphins actually had slapped me in an area which they hadn't slapped me. And I got out and there was like muddy dolphin slime everywhere. It was, it was oh probably God. too much. For- it's too much. It's too much even for yeah. a Paul and Carini scene. That's saying a lot. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, I'm excited to see everything else that's going to come for you guys. I mean, you're telling us it's going to be so dramatic every week. I'm here for it. I'm so ready for it. Seriously. It's going to be extremely – they like I said, they could have easily done two seasons. With the amount of stuff we've had happen, they could have easily done two seasons. Yeah, every single week is going to be a very, very dramatic moment. Oh, my God, Paul. Okay. We know the storyline that people have no idea. Because, I mean, not everything, they simplified it and had to cut a lot of stuff out. Okay. We've had so much stuff happen. They've had to really condense it. But it's you got so much concentrated stuff in such a short amount of time. It, in, in the way that it climaxes to, people aren't going to expect it. People, no one's going to see what's coming, coming. I'll say that. I am so excited. I, I really, I really am inviting you back to talk to me as we get, you know, rolling further into the season, maybe even toward the season season's end, because it sounds like we're going to have just a ton to talk about very soon. You know, and you gave us so much information today. This is awesome. Yeah, and it's, it's we definitely, you know, appreciate everything. And like I said, if and when we have a kid, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be very um, exciting. And I think that will just, I mean, you guys are going to face struggles. It's going to bring a lot of joy, but it brings a lot of, it brings drama of its own. It brings drama of its own. And that's one thing, you know, um, dealing with, you know, uh, my first time in fatherhood. And yeah. The first, uh, you know, first time and learning how to, Deal things, you know, changing diapers, and yeah. you know, um, along with being a parent. And like I so said, the dogs definitely got my mindset because now I've definitely got into it. Like, okay, you know, certain things that I, I would not pay attention to, the dogs, you know, have taught me a lot in that regard. Yeah, they're a good preparation for, you know, kind of sliding into it. But yeah, the, the love you have for your child, though, you just automatically have that child on your mind no matter what. And you'll find that instincts kick in. They just do. Yes. So, well, tell people where they can follow you, how they can keep up with you. You're really funny on Instagram, I have to say. You're really, you're, you're posting really funny stuff there all of the time. So tell people how to follow you on all social media. And I don't know if Karini's back on social media yet or not. 
a little bit on Facebook, and we were debating on when to do a video, like what Leonard about. Okay. We asked him, and uh, hopefully she will eventually do a video why she got off. She got off social media for a lot of reasons. One, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of things that happened. There's some photos that got out there. I think everyone knows about that because we had a whole lot of drama from that problem. But I mean, Karini uh, just she didn't want to deal with stress and drama anymore because she got off. Now she's kind of on Facebook a little bit more. Um, she just kind of got back online in her space. She's staying off Instagram. Okay. She's she still has the account on there. It's you know still it's, it's changed a few times. And every time she changes their handle, somebody else takes it. Um, okay. I think it. I want to say I think it's as simple Staley Karini. I think, but she's changed it so many times. Um, so it might be different. Okay, but what's yours? How can we follow you? On uh, Instagram, it's Paul Jason Staley. And my last name is S-T-A-E-H-L-E. Then on Twitter, it's just Paul Staley. And then on Facebook, um, my Facebook is, is, I guess you call it certified, approved, or whatever. It's, it says Paul Staley. It's got a little blue check mark on it. So, you know, that's my account. And I try to put stuff on, like, all the accounts. But also uh, what I will do is sometimes I'll put something different. Uh, well, I'll put something on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram that I won't put on the other accounts, and eventually I will move it to all the other accounts. And now, a correct thing is people don't realize too is Cranny usually gets on my phone because yeah, she has she has a lock on her phone, but I don't have a lock on my phone. And she'll get on my phone when she's on social media. It happens a lot. And she will she'll see things in Portuguese. She'll respond to people in Portuguese. She'll talk to people on there. There will be there's definitely some fans she's went off on. Um, I've had some girls and some flirtation messages and stuff, and she will get really mad and yell at people. So and sometimes they think it's me yelling at them, but it's not me. It's Karini. <laughs> she's very very defensive about me. But like I said, anytime she wants to get on my phone, she wants to go through things. You know, she's more than welcome to go through my social media and communicate with them. She wants to communicate with you know open phone policies. But in the meantime, it seems like you you include her a lot on your social media and you post pictures of both of you and you kind of keep people up on what you're both doing. So we can just follow you in the meantime. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, you know, and social media is a learning experience for both of us. She definitely for her is kind of like she gave up drinking, she gave up social media. Social media was like an addiction for her. Yeah, she was on the phone like. 24 7 and it got to the point that it was just it was too much constantly on the phone constantly going you know talking to people then there was some some drama we had to deal with from that so uh she's taking a break we appreciate everybody that followed us every now and again what i will do is and some people are like why does he do this certain times we will put things out there that uh, will actually move the account to private there's certain things i can only share on a private account which is it is what it is. I mean, I already have a ton of followers, but occasionally I will move it to private and I'll have like a certain amount of time where I'll share certain things. And then uh, I'll have to archive those things and then move it back. To, I'll move it back to public. But there's certain things that I cannot share when the account is set to public. So I will occasionally, because people are like, why is he sending it to private and public? There's certain times where I'll have to actually set the account to private. And that's why there's certain things that we cannot share on a public account. We're not supposed to. Well, I've actually wondered about that, Paul. Because those pictures you shared of Karini looking like she had a baby bump or like teasing that she was pregnant, they were up and then they were down and then they were, you know, it was like, nobody's really talking <laughs> about that. And I'm like, what, did he post those by accident? Did he post those as a joke? Was that a mistake? Like those posts went up, they were up for a matter of seconds, seconds. but they got everywhere because people screenshotted the crap out of those. Utter accident. And what happened was she was actually in the process. She, her English wasn't that great then. And she was actually sending some stuff to some people. And because uh, I had the photos on my phone, you know, and she, when she was sending stuff and doing stuff, it kind of, it didn't go as planned. She hit some wrong options and it went out everywhere. It actually went to all my social media. So I was like, oh, crap. 
So yeah, she, so she's thank- pregnant, and that was a mistake, right? No, no. Uh, I'm not going to say she's pregnant. I'm not going to say that. Okay, you don't have to say she's pregnant, but those, but let's just say those pictures weren't meant to be public, correct? Ooh, those public pictures weren't public. I mean, she she may have been very uh, well fed. She was, you know, having her belly. Yeah, I mean, she may have been really well fed. You know, she may have just been. Had a whole lot of gas, you know? That's um, true. That's true. Hey, we've all been there. I've been there. I mean, that's one thing you'll see, too. If you ever go to jail or, or prison, if someone's been there for a little while and they come out and you see somebody's been in there, uh, a lot of times they'll actually look like they're pregnant. Like the belly <laughs> is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. But they'll look, they'll actually look. You see, I'm, I'm, I kid you not. And I would see these people I was locked up with. They would eat all the stuff, like the Raymond and all the stuff, and they would get a belly and they would look like they were legitimately pregnant. And uh, which was bizarre, but I mean, you know, it could, could be something similar that was going on. Okay. You know? And then you, but then you were posting pictures of her, like looking at baby clothes and cribs and everything. It's like, you guys were really kind of playing that up. I, I wonder, I, it feels like sometimes you guys are really like playing with your audience, which is fun, but then people really do the deep dives and stuff like what's going on. It yep. almost like, it almost, uh, it makes people more interested. Maybe that's the point. I don't know. She definitely loves baby shopping. She loves shopping for stuff she loves going to stores and doing stuff like that um i will say there is a lot of stuff um from every single episode uh from here on out there's a lot of stuff coming on uh every week to be thing now the very final week the tell-all um is going to be huge and then even after the tell-all um there's a lot of huge stuff to come so uh like i said every single week and the tell-all and even after the tell-all i believe there's going to be a little bit of stuff shortly after that that's going to come out. Uh, so every single week is going to be a big event. And All everyone's right. probably thinking, sure. it's like, what, what's going to happen every single week? And like I said, you're, you're not going to see what's coming. No one's going to see. They, they think they know, and everyone thinks they know what's going on. But I mean, in reality, they had to really simplify what happened in real life and what happened in real life, which is utterly crazy. But they simplified it very well. And every single week, part of that's going to be shown, and people are just like, I never saw that coming. Well. We're all here for it. We're, it'll make for great TV. Well, Paul, thank you today. You gave you gave us so much of your time. I really appreciate you doing this. And we will definitely follow every minute of your story to come. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Greeny is uh, dead asleep right now. She's comfortable and sleeping. Otherwise, I'd have her say uh, hello. Oh, well, tell her, tell her we said hi. Okay. Tell her everybody said hi from Pink Shade. Thanks again to Paul for coming on and telling us so much information about himself and about the season to come. He's really giving us some serious teasers. So let's hope that 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days, which only has, I think, three episodes left before the tell all. Let's hope it really delivers. Okay, guys, remember to join the Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook group. It is so much fun. We're deep diving on everything you love. You just send me a request and I'll let you write in unless you look like a robot. And remember to go to iTunes if you have access to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. They really help. And uh, I appreciate everyone who's done that. I truly do. It helps get the word out and spread the joy of podcasts. A special shout out to Tammy Stefani, our premium Patreon sponsor, and another reminder to head over to patreon.com slash pinkshade for bonus content every month. Thank you for listening. And until next time, I will see you in reality.